Hi, welcome back to the Bridgerton Bitches. We're talking everything about episode one of season two. My name's Christina. And I'm Natalie. And today we're talking about episode one, which I watched in Spanish. So it's called Vividor in Spanish. Do you know what it's called in English, Chris? No idea. I didn't notice, actually. Right. So I googled it to see what it meant. And apparently it means good life. So maybe... Cool. That sounds legit to me. Uh, but today we're going to be separating the uh, analytical side of the podcast. So it's been a while since we've done this, so a little bit rusty, <laughs> uh, if you hadn't noticed already. But we're going to look at our best bits, the shockers, the eye rolls, and the quotes that we like the most. I've also got a couple of questions as well for you, Chris, as well. So should we get started? Cool. And if any of you guys listen to series one of our podcast you will know that I've got a little bit of a thing for Anthony and he's kind of my favorite character um I will say though so far I am not loving Anthony's behavior and kind of character and demeanor what did you think did you notice how different it was from series one so just his character his demeanor you just the essential parts of who he is so for the not his not his bum that's an essential part did you notice the bum scene it was really long at the start in episode one yeah are you talking about series two here because I did not see his yes. bum oh my god how did you miss it it was on screen for like eight seconds oh that's gutting so okay so I need to re-watch episode one wow the beginning of it. that was literally the best part of this whole episode and you missed it wow mm, okay well that's not a good sign is it so I'm not obviously I'm not paying uh, enough attention to the episode um so what no. is that your your first best bit of this episode is his bum is it yeah, I liked that scene. It was nice. Um, but I will say I don't like his whole sleeping around with the prostitutes, like leaving money on the side and just ditching them and this kind of really cynical kind of life he's living at the moment. And I think he's lost some of his spark and his charm. Yeah. And I really hope that's going to come back later on in the series. But I'm really missing it. I think we have to see him in this really dark, I don't care about anything kind of place. And then enter a love interest and she transforms him and gives him life and blah 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 um yeah which to be fair is super super predictable it's a super common storyline you're thinking like pride and prejudice even in um season one of Bridgerton it's the whole Duke and Daphne like they start hating each other and turn to love and I'm a little bit disappointed that it's like that predictable storyline yeah, I'm going to come back to that later because there was something that felt a bit cliche, but then I was like, oh, how else are they going to introduce this this Kate lady? Okay, yeah, so... I remember one of my first impressions of season one of Bridgerton was, oh my God, this is so predictable. I know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same watching mm-hmm. episode one. I'm like, here we go again. It's the same storyline. Like, can we have something a little bit different? But what else would you have him do? I don't know. I just I just think we can't keep repeating the same the same storyline. But I guess I have seen some people say that there's other storylines that are going to be happening within this series. So maybe that will help distract and pull away from that. Yeah. I mean the only yeah, I think I was also thinking the same, that I agree. It feels like that whole cliche, you know, broken heart and like broken heart and guy. He's approaching his love life in a very methodical, um, statistical way. He's got like a diary and names. um, And I'll come back to that later. But I guess they could have had him go gay. They could have have him joined. (laughs) Go gay. (laughs) They could have had (laughs) He could have joined a monastery. You know, if he really lost the love of his (laughs) life, then join a monastery. Prove it. Prove you love her. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, become celibate for the rest of your life. I think yeah. that's fair. Or, you know, gets hit by a horse and carriage. No one would expect that. Mm. Yes. And then he has an injury and he gets nursed back to health by a nurse and they fall in love. You know, something different. Something different. Something original. We should be writing this anyway. Anyway. Um, so you liked that as a first bit. I missed that. Gutted. My best bit so far is the I like the montage 
of the sound of his prostitute coins hitting the coin <laughs> and, and him looking at his watch and there's erratic music and he's signing more bits of paper oh your life is so hard Anthony all you've got to do is you've got to shag and sign bits of paper oh life you know must what? be so hard <laughs> you know what though you say you like that but I didn't it gave me anxiety because it was so fast-paced and I was like Jesus this is stressing me out slow down so um, that- and it was like boom 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 and I was like oh my god I need a cup of tea now that would suggest that you're more empathic than me because I think that's what they wanted us to feel they wanted us to feel how he feels and I thought there was mm. something quite Moulin rouge about the camera angles and the light and how they put it all together and it was like the momentum was building he's gonna have a mini breakdown I can't wait <laughs> Um, and then there was like deep string music and the stormy night light coming through the window and I was like oh I love it oh it was different it was I feel like they did a very yeah like I don't remember any that kind of style montage happening in series one like maybe they are trying to make it a little bit different yeah okay any other best bets um so here I've got Eloise dissing Lady Whistledown. So Eloise was a massive fan, number one fan of Lady Whistledown in series Mm. one. And it's quite interesting to see her be like, actually, the more I think about it, Lady Whistledown was trash. She's just repeating gossip. She's got no substance. She's got no... Uh, no talent and also she starts to talk about feminist writers like um oh what's she called Wollstonecraft mm, um, Mary Wollstonecraft and, yeah and, and I think yeah finally Eloise um Penelope could do better and I, I quite liked that I was like yeah Lady Whistledown has all this power she doesn't do anything with it and it made Penelope start to think about herself didn't it I like that I really like that too and I think it shows that Eloise is going from that that um, big eyed, you know, um, Lady Whistledown's amazing, like um, her idol, she's growing up and she's maturing. And I think that's nice to see. And also, you know, with writers, I imagine they get a lot of feedback from editors and other writers, like, this is how you need to improve. And Penelope doesn't Mm. get that from anyone. So really, Eloise is her best kind of critic, really, to help her develop her writing skills. That's true. And she does later on, doesn't she? Because um, there's a guy at Featherington House reading it and he reads out the bit about she writes um, a synonym about wilting like or metaphor about wilting like a rose. And he's like, oh, oh, brilliant, brilliant. And you can tell she's really smug and happy with herself. And it's like, yeah, you need to develop as a writer. And I guess this is what this series is going to be about. Yeah. And actually, will any good come from her writing? Uh, mm. Like, will she be? Yeah. Will she? Yeah, I like that. Um, what I liked is I liked how powerful this character Kate is I like how tall she is I like her confidence I like that her dress isn't the pale colour that um, Mm. the Bridgertons wear it's like a strong jewel colour isn't it it's like a beautiful greeny blue I think Um, you're right that's an interesting point I didn't notice that and I do think that they use the costumes to reflect the personalities of the mm. characters, which I know is like probably like, duh, that's really obvious, Nats, move on. But I just thought it was really <laughs> noticeable when she's standing next to her little sister and her sister's like in pale colours, she's more demure. And that's reflected in their personalities, isn't it? Yeah, I really like that. And I did notice she was tall, like unusually tall, which I mm. like because I am also unusually tall. Um, and I was like, yeah, tall girls can be in costume dramas too. Thank you very much. They can. Um, I did love the bit where she's riding the horse and she had her long dark plait and there was something kind of medieval looking when she was riding the horse with the cloak and the hair and I thought in that moment it didn't look like a Regency woman and I really liked it and I quite liked that um you know they had that little bit of a banter didn't they her and Anthony and then she she was being a bit standoffish with him and I guess it was a little bit predictable that he was like, oh, a strange woman riding a horse. I am turned on. Um, But I liked it. Yeah, I actually, that actually appears in my eye roll scene. So I'm afraid I can't agree with you, I'm afraid. Um, I thought it was trash. No, (laughs) Uh I I didn't think it was trash at all, but... um, I don't know. I guess this is the part that I felt was a little bit cliched. I actually... I do agree with that. And I think they green screen that bit where they're both on their horses. So in Bridgerton season one, when Mm. Daphne's on the the horse racing to interrupt the duel between Anthony and the Duke, 
I think I mentioned before that it felt a bit green screened. I think you noticed it as well. I think I actually mentioned that. I just I want to put that out find there. Pretty I sure. Mentioned. <laughs> pretty sure I said it was fake AF, um, the horse riding. So So that's not very Regency language of you, but yeah, I agree. It, it was fake AF. Um but the bit that I really liked, one of my best bits, is when Kate uh overhears Anthony talking to the other guys about what he wants in a woman and she's got to have these all these qualities and and Kate overhears and oh he, she steps on something and makes a noise oh suddenly she's really clumsy and makes noises and then Anthony is all like who's there and they talk and she's basically all like up in his grill be like what are you talking about mate you got high standards you is always going to be lonely and also who do you think you are now this was in Spanish and my Spanish isn't great (laughs) so I might have missed the point of this conversation but am I right in that she was basically saying like who do you think you are I felt like yeah she did do that fair play um she was a bit nosy though like she snuck out of the door to follow him snuck behind the bush to listen and I was like oh it felt a little bit underhand and I was a bit embarrassed for her when Anthony was like hello I can hear you and found her and I was like oh cringe like you look like you're proper stalking him she's a snoop dog Um, she's snooping on him can I just say I'm confused because in season one of Bridgerton we were led to believe that a woman being alone with a gentleman would cause a lots of like you know oh, under the petticoat action like what's going on mm. and she and she exits the building unchaperoned I may add with not one man but a total of three men or may even yeah. be four men um so I don't know you know awesome alert like what yeah. she's not thinking clearly like you are not in a situation right now lady where you want to be outdoors yeah. with four men like I did notice that like as soon as she stepped through the French doors and I was like hang on love you're unchaperoned what's going on but then in the distance not far from her I could see like a few couples so I think the justification is actually there's a few couples mingling around that general area but I do agree with you I think it was super borderline yeah and actually those couples might have been having you know a two-way in the pleasure gardens and they're not reliable exactly. witnesses either so yeah, she needs to watch out. I think she needs um, to be a little bit more careful. Mm. Um, I will say, though, I do really like the relationship between the sisters. And I'm really worried that's all going to go to shit later on because they're going to start arguing over Anthony. But they're yeah. so sweet together. And I love how Kate is really protective of Edwina. And they're very, um, they've just got a lovely little relationship. Um, I thought it was interesting that Kate is clearly very romantic. You know, when she talks to Edwina and she says something like, when you meet the right man, your heart will sing or, or he'll speak a language to you, that you, some kind of shit like that. And I was like, that's interesting. It was very, very romantic. And yet she says she's not interested in marriage and she's, she's not interested. And I just thought that's interesting, isn't it? Why would a, very, a person who's very, very romantic not be interested in love? Yeah. And my first thought, like when she was saying to Lady Danbury, is it Danbury or Banbury? Danbury. When you were saying to Don't Lady Danbury, get me started on Lady Danbury this season. I'm not impressed. Oh no, it's all kicking off. You need to back off a little bit because you know that I have a bit of a thing for her. Like I love her. You do, but she's doing my head in. Okay, you overstepped a line there. I'm going to come back to that attitude and that tone in a moment. But oh man, you made me lose my 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 role. I was on a roll. Sorry, oh, I got. I think that she's been hurt in the past. Like I think that she was in love and she met a guy and her heart sang. Blah blah blah. And then maybe because she was married out of wedlock again, my Spanish isn't great. Was she born out of wedlock? Did I make that up? Um, I got a little bit confused by this. So it made it sound like her father married her stepmom, who is the mother of her sister Edwina. But there was a scandal involved where he wasn't the right rank. I don't know. I need to relook into that. I got really confused. This is hilarious. So I pieced together that her dad and her mum like ran away from court uh, the queen didn't approve the, the the girl got pregnant the mum got pregnant gave birth to the daughter before they got married which again I guess doesn't make sense because I guess you just make sure you get married and then that's why she can't be married off because she's seen as 
not appropriate enough uh, to marry off and so now it's fallen to Edwina I'm probably gonna have to watch this again in English to, to get yeah, a better sense of it I think I'm gonna relook into it but I bet you she was in love and had her heart broken and that's why she's like as well like I'm not interested like I've already met the person that I want to be with yeah just like Anthony so. just like Anthony's met the person yeah, he wanted to be true. with maybe Boom. they'll have that in common I will say Lady Danbury is acting so domineering and condescending and controlling towards the girls and I really didn't like it and I think neither did Kate and she kind of in a very polite but defensive way says actually Lady Danbury my sister can speak three languages she can play these instruments because I taught her she can already do these dances basically like back off like you're making massive assumptions and I just think throughout this whole thing Lady Danbury is being really rude are you not picking up on that? No, and I think we should come back to this in our shockers or eye roll okay, moment because birdies. I actually, I didn't have this as my best bit, but I actually liked how much Lady Danbury wanted to help them. Like, she doesn't have to share her beautiful home with these people. She doesn't have to introduce them to court. Like, she's she's helping an old friend. And I actually really didn't like Kate's vibe, but we'll come back to that later because it okay, sounds like I'm team, I'm team Danbury, you're team Kate. Um, Definitely. I do have one other, I have one other best bit. Do you have any other best bits at all, though? I have a few. So you go next. I really like the scene where Kate and Edwina are in the room after the ball and the two guys, they get up and they walk out of the room and you hear them saying something like they don't like the older sister. It would have been better oh. if the older sister hadn't have been there because she's a bit scary, given it all that probably. And it just made me smile because it reminds me of the scene where Daphne is trying to entertain men and Anthony is stood exactly where um, Kate is, sort of in the middle or in the seat, and he's being the pain in the pain in the ass, isn't he? And I just think, ah, oh, is this yeah. the writer's way of trying to draw parallels between their very strong overprotective characters that's a really good observation I didn't notice and I think you're right I think you've said a couple of things now where Anthony and Kate I suppose to be having similarities so I yeah that's really interesting I just felt a little bit embarrassed for her because I I just don't like the idea that she's not liked um but I guess that's just me being sensitive Um, yeah (laughs) something I liked um you know that I've got a little bit of a thing for Lady Featherington I really love the actress I love the character Mm. I think she's really strong I think she's intelligent Mm. um she's got a game plan I'm when the heir turns up at the house um that was a really cool scene it wasn't expected Mm. and he was kind of odd I am desperately hoping that Lady Featherington and him will get together and she mm. will get a boyfriend. But someone pointed out to me that he's actually probably a bit too young for that. What do you think? It's hard to tell. I didn't get that vibe. That would Damn be it. a great prediction. Though nothing to say that it can't happen. Like it could. And I think that would be really cool, actually, because, you know, why can't an older woman date? I in want her high? to be happy. I want her yeah. to be happy. But um, I would worry that, yeah, I, I hope they go down that route. I think that would be really refreshing to see a, an older woman with a younger guy. Why not? We see roles reversed all the time. Um, I was wondering if he, oh, this is coming to predictions, really. Should we come to predictions later or should I just yeah, do it okay. now? Do it now because okay. we're in the moment. Okay, we're in the moment. I was wondering if something might happen between him and Penelope and build up a bit of a triangle but I can develop that theory hang on though hang on I think they're related (laughs) (laughs) hang on though is he related to Penelope's dad how related though (laughs) (laughs) oh and Um, I have a theory I have a theory about mm -hmm. this new heir again just do it now or wait do it now I think he was it. like, oh, my dad was really old and you were expecting my old dad, but my dad died. And I'm like, did he die or did you kill him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, or he could be an imposter. That would be really easy in those days. Yeah. It was a bit rude how he chucked Featherington out of her bedroom. He was like, it's mine now. Um, but it was nice that he paid up for the dowry. So I, I don't know if we're supposed to be like, oh, is he good? Is he bad? We can't tell. But now I feel like he he owns them so he's paid for the dowry for that young girl so she can be married off no, now I can't remember the names Philippa yeah mm-hmm. that's nice um yeah so I don't know I think we're supposed to be undecided but he kind of came in as a bit of a whirlwind didn't he yeah and there's something about him that I think 
he had the same kind of vibe as like, you know, that film Persuasion where that guy's trying to marry Anne for her money and he's being a little bit slimy and it turns out he's mm-hmm, going to like yeah. marry Anne. I get that vibe of him. Like maybe he's up to no good. Mm, yeah, he's a little bit overconfident maybe and a bit cocky. Mm. Um, there's a scene that made me laugh and I'm interested to see if you also laughed. I thought it was bloody brilliant. Um, Anthony's mum, let's call her mama Bridgerton, um, when her and Anthony go into the ball, she says very loudly, the Viscount intends to find a wife. And all of a sudden, these women flock, flock over and Anthony goes, you honestly just did that. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so funny that she just totally manipulated it. And he looked really shocked, but also amused at the same time. I just thought it was really cute. Yeah, that was quite cute. It just felt like really, um, really casual, didn't it? And it didn't mm. feel very at all formal. Hang on, is it informal or informal? Which one's like the... Informal, yeah. Informal it felt like, like the kind of thing, it felt quite like a modern thing to do, like we would do yeah. as a joke. Like, you know, when you shout something really loud about your friend as a joke to embarrass them. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Like um, the, the equivalent, you are like the equivalent thing that you would do is that you would like, you would fart and then you'd be like, oh my God, Anthony. Like that's what you would do. <laughs> like just to embarrass 100%. him. That's basically the Regency version of what his mum just did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then later on, he's having to do really bad dancing with all the women that are interested, which I thought was quite funny. And normally you never see Anthony anything other than composed and looking really hot. So I guess it was kind of funny to see him looking really awkward and dancing really badly. Oh, my word. That's so funny. When I was watching the scene, I thought he was supposed to be the elegant one. But the women he's dancing with are just bad dancers. So that when he meets the one in inverted commas, they're going to dance perfectly because they're so in tune. Yeah. But you but, said this before, didn't you, with um, Daphne and the Duke? You remember that rain scene they have at their ball? Mm-hmm. And you said they picked a very disjointed dance and it felt really strange. And you said that was maybe a representation of their relationship. So mm-hmm. you've picked up on this theme, haven't you, where dancing is representative of like, yeah, people's relationships. So that's interesting. Yeah, they're carrying that through. Yeah. Um, I really, really liked the scene where Eloise and Penn go out into the night and they're surrounded by daffodils and pretty flowers and they lie amongst the flowers in the dark with the torches burning in the background in their lovely dresses and they lie down, they hold hands and I was like, this is such a sweet scene but I think it's a prelude to kind of the calm before the storm because if you notice, Eloise... Uh, Penelope's on the edge of trying to tell her she's Lady Featherington and I think she's an idiot because I think what she hasn't realised is the moment she does that their friendship is really going to suffer because Eloise is going to be devastated and it's really going to harm their friendship that she's basically lied to her for two years and Penelope doesn't seem to have that on the radar and I'm a bit concerned it's all going to go to shit. I agree because it definitely felt like there was such a strong friendship between these two like they kept having both of them like getting together again and um and basically later on in the scene when Eloise impresses the queen and then runs off to see Penelope the the blonde lady you know the blonde lady that was the um the competitor for the prince's love interest and um oh yeah Culpa Culpa she's like do you want to be one of our friends now and Eloise is like, nope, yeah. I want to stick with my own. So she's she's like, she's all in with Penelope. Yeah, she's she going to feel actually. really betrayed. Oh my god! And I think you're right. I think they've also thrown that in there as another prelude of like, oh god, I think they're going to fall out big time, and I'll be really gutted because I really like their friendship. I know they're so sweet together, aren't they? But also Penelope is being quite obvious now because you know when Eloise is like, Lady Whistledown should be more like, uh, is it Wool- Woolencraft? Wool- Wollstonecraft? Yeah, that feminist writer of the time, um, and then all of a sudden, um, she's just changing her uh, writing style as Lady Whistledown. So I'm like, mm. come on, Eloise, if you don't pick up on this, then you're done. Yeah, yeah, agreed. She's gonna find out. There's a couple. So with the music, I know Bridgerton is famous for taking a pop song and then playing it with like a classical music thing. Mm -hmm. They did it with a material girl. Did you notice in the first ball, they play Madonna's material girl. I did not like it at all. I thought it sounded like trash. Oh, I liked it. Oh, I did not. I thought it sounded really bad. Wow. And then did you notice later on, they did Shine Bright Like a Diamond by Rihanna? Was that trash too, Chris? (laughs) It was better. 
Wow. I will say that one was better. Wow. Let us know what you think on Facebook. Did you like Material Girl Regency style or did you not? Let us know. Okay. So for someone who was like, I'm not impressed, you have quite a lot of best bits from this episode. I suppose so. And I really like Benedict and Eloise's relationship, which I did in the first series, but they have some really cute bits together. I think he's quite clearly the favourite brother. Do you remember in season one when I was like, those two are definitely getting on in real life. There's chemistry there. Uh And then I Googled it and they weren't. And my whole universe was was destroyed. But if they ever get together, I called it first. Richard and Bitches called it first. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Should we move on to Shockers? Yes. May I start? Mm -hmm. Daphne's iconic fringe is gone and big eyebrows are back. Oh. What did you think about that? I wasn't missing the fringe. Um, she is still very pretty. I was just trying to figure out if they were trying to make her look more mature or if that's just a natural passage of time. And that's oh, why right. they decided I didn't to notice. go. In. Yeah, mm. I didn't really notice she looked any different, to be honest. Okay, she's still beautiful, in case you're listening to this, Phoebe. Yes. Um, cool. Uh, I Phoebe? Was... Did I make I that up? So. Okay. Um, I thought it was really weird seeing the whole Featherington family wearing different shades of brown. Firstly, I was like, morning clothes are black, not brown. Um, Why they picked brown, I don't know. It just, it was so weird because obviously normally they're like really colourful, girlish colours. That was strange. Yeah, I've actually picked up on that. I said, Penelope's in a different colour. Have we seen her in brown before? And then I put morning, morning clothes, question mark. So mm. do you know how long people were expected to mourn in those days? I think for a close, uh, so I looked this up before and it depends on the degree of relation, isn't yes, it? So like it if does. it's a sibling or a parent. I thought for a parent, it might be a year. Or is that for a partner? So apparently, according to this website, which is probably very unreliable, um, it's 12 months for a husband or wife and six months for a parent interesting because they make it sound like they've been mourning for about a year oh Eloise is like oh Lady Whistleton's disappeared for 10 months and oh when the when the dowry people talk to Lady Featherington they're like it's been a year so right okay that explains why everyone looks so different I'm going to come back to shockers in a moment um apparently though on this website that I was looking at um there was a designated female who kept up the family tree and ordained the degree of mourning required for the dearly or not so dearly departed. Um, oh wow. But that was a bit interesting. Also, so, mourning sucked because you weren't even allowed to attend social engagements. So if you were in your mourning period and someone invited you to a picnic or a ball, it was considered inappropriate and you couldn't go. Even like um even like when you come out apparently as well if you come out of mourning you're allowed to wear things like greys and lilacs because you're kind of like semi in mourning semi not um and if you then then at one point you could go to a ball but then you couldn't dance at a ball so there's all these different rules around mourning so firstly if someone dies just as you're coming out and you want to find a husband that is really that is really unfortunate Mm -hmm. isn't it and you've just answered my question as to why the Bridgertons wear those pale blues and lilacs is that in mourning for their dad then like a little nod to him that becomes their color I read it was like greys and lilacs not blues but that's interesting though Hmm. okay very interesting um my sorry go on just one of my shockers um and I have to get it out I can't keep it any longer when when all of the Bridgertons are standing outside the door waiting for Eloise to come out I was like oh who's that brother do you know who I was referring to? What, the youngest one? No, Anthony. He looked totally different. Now, I know you were probably fixated on his ass, so you didn't notice yeah. it. But his, he looks like he's been in Ibiza for the last 10 months. His I did notice tan, that. His hair is different. I was like, what? Who is that? I also noticed that. I thought it was just me. Um, he looks different, and I couldn't put my finger on it. I don't know whether he's lost weight as well. Like, his face looked slimmer but yeah the tan definitely tan maybe he's had a little bit of bobo a little botox (laughs) I don't know he looked great but he looked different I thought Um, that as well 
And then I was thinking, oh no, is it because all these podcasters and everyone's been saying how um, Anthony looked younger than Benedict? And so they're trying to make Anthony look older to make Benedict look younger. <laughs> I, I still think they both look hot, so I'm really confused. Yeah, they do. Uh, my biggest shocker, and I was just not not sure if I was on board with this because it just felt like too weird and too crazy and too much of a character change when Penelope goes rogue and starts talking in an Irish accent and changes like starts acting and like to visit the print shop and she's all like talking in Irish accent. oh maybe because you watched this in Spanish they didn't do it (laughs) or they did it in like another Spanish accent but I just totally missed it this is hilarious to me so is it because she's in yeah. disguise and she, she visits the print shop and she mm-hmm. puts on this Irish accent and is talking about her mistress like my mistress has sent me here blah 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 and then I'm like okay but your disguise is rubbish so she just puts a cloak hood over her and then this weird like lace doily thing on her head yeah and then changes nothing else to her appearance but her accent and I was just like this is weird it's weird that she thinks she needs to do an accent like I suppose because she associates yeah. Irish people with being made I mean that feels a little bit oh, inappropriate that Penelope inappropriate. that's really wow. rude and also she's literally the only curly red-headed lady yeah. of her size in the entire village wherever this is set like and she doesn't cover any of that like at least cover all your hair no yeah the hair is a big giveaway you're right but maybe that's why she had the Irish accents a lot of Irish people have red hair so I think she overthought it and mm. then undercommitted. That's, undercommitted that and underdelivered yeah. and underdelivered <laughs> yeah um, um i what other shockers i think kate is really forceful i felt very shocked by her attitude towards lady danbury lady danbury is just trying to help i didn't like how lady danbury was like look at your smiles it felt a little bit too much like what that old disgusting guy did to Marina yep. when he was examining her like a horse and I was shocked that Lady Danbury did that to the gals I don't like her but I was really shocked by Kate's attitude I found her just a little bit too forceful a little bit it made me but feel I uncomfortable think she was responding to Lady Danbury's rudeness like Lady Danbury was really rude and she was like oh yes you are an old maid at 26 and um, I was like wow rude this person has feelings she's not a piece of furniture and then and then she was like yes look to your smiles and your and the Kate was basically like you know what we're more than just a mouth and mm. pretty eyes like we like stop treating us like cattle like you're right she's no better than those creepy old guys and and she was so um condescending like I will teach you how to dance I will teach you that and actually they already had all those things so it's like yeah she's willing to help them but I feel like it's at a price that they've got to be condescended to and controlled every single day until they get yeah. married but I just really didn't like it and I I don't know why they I think it's because it's supposed to be Lady Danbury has met her match in Kate mm. and they're gonna clash and a bit like mm. Marina and Featherington mm. I think and yeah I think that's what they're trying to show these two strong women are gonna have conflict but yeah, and we see that later on, don't they, when um, Kate is at the ball and she's saying, what does our research show about this guy that my 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 sister has gone off to dance? And Lady Danbury's like, you've got a lot to learn. It's better to dance with someone than with no one. Again, I'm Yeah, guessing. again, the etiquette's really interesting because um, I guess Kate doesn't understand English etiquette. And Lady Danbury's right. If you... Um, are asked to dance it's really rude to decline and also something else she does later on she leaves the ball early and I was reading that also in Regency times that's also very rude to leave a ball early and you can tell Lady Danbury is like wow I can't believe you're leaving now this looks really bad so I kind of get it and she does need to learn those things if she wants to get her sister married you can't start breaking rules of etiquette and shit so yeah like you're above it like Lady Danbury's probably thinking like what you think you're above all of this um yeah I guess she's so so keen and she's very protective over her sister and I said she's used to being the one looking after her and she doesn't like Lady Danbury kind of stepping on her toes yeah and again trust her no and I guess she probably doesn't trust anyone because they don't I don't think they've come from a background where they probably feel very much like they're on their own but the dynamic between um Edwina 
and Kate reminds me very much of how Anthony was very protective over Daphne and the mum yeah. had like a really stepped back role didn't she at the start yeah, anyway that's true. very and passive I, yeah yeah and I feel like the mum at this point she's quite a passive person I don't I feel like we could oh, almost God, do yeah. without the mum even being here and it could just yeah. be Kate being like hey my mum died <laughs> I need to get my yeah. sister that's how it feels I'm, I want to know what the right. role of the mum is here like is it purely she's to get them in because she's a friend but then why have her there can't they just say the mum died and I'm doing you a favor do you know what I mean I think the mum we need to get hear a bit more about her because she's supposed to have had this like epic love affair that broke the rules and pissed off the queen the queen still hasn't forgiven her and yet every time she's in a scene she's just silent and I'm like come on like yeah you're right she needs to do something yeah I actually had a hypothesis that the so the Mm -hmm. daughter so Kate is actually the love child of the mum and the queen's husband. That's actually oh. before I because my because before I realised actually what was happening and I was trying to guess from like the language, um, the body language. I was like, wouldn't that be a cool twist if that's why the queen hates her so much because she suspects that she was a lover. That's why Kate can't get married to anyone because she was born out of wedlock. And then this oh. lady was also in love with this guy and ran away. Like maybe the king had his way with her do you know what I mean that would be really cool yeah that would be cool because it would explain why the queen just can't let things go yeah not cool by the way that the king had his way with the lady I just want to clarify that but like it would be an interesting yeah. storyline if actually Kate was the illegitimate child the love child of that's true she could be she's definitely got a story hasn't she that we're going to find out about um something I didn't like that put under shockers and also I don't really understand the point of is everyone keep I say everyone Lady Featherington and the sisters keep telling Penelope Colin is not your friend you're wasting your time writing to him and I'm like since when is Colin not friends with, with Penelope like they've grown up together they are friends and I didn't really understand where all of a sudden they were like oh Penelope who are you writing to Colin what a waste of time and I was like they are friends no I don't get it is it because having a friendship with someone of the opposite sex is discouraged like they don't think that's helpful I I know I I don't really understand where this has come from um but I guess you didn't really have it. friends of the opposite sex in those days you didn't have friendships back then you weren't supposed to spend time alone like maybe it isn't really a friendship they, she's in love with him isn't she but they were friends weren't they because like um they kind of he hung out with them and they were definitely friends they had a friendship um so I was just a bit like are they setting this up for something like I don't know I don't know if it's about to come I don't know if you can call them friends I mean her and Eloise are friends she spoke to Colin on occasion she's she clearly fancies him they had a nice little bit of chit chat but friends I don't think they always seem to know him really well She's a stalker. Um, She's watching him (laughs) writing little notes about him. It's not an equal relationship. She loves him from afar. Mm. He's the object of her affection. Maybe that's what they're trying to say. He isn't a friend. He's someone that you love and it's not going to end well, but they don't know how to say that in a kind way. Maybe. Um, Those are all my shockers. So did you have any any more before we move on to IROs? Nah, I'm all out, mate. Cool. So moving on to eye rolls. Um, what have you got? Bit of a rant. Okay, so warning ahead. Anthony's search for the perfect woman just made me eye roll oh, so many get times. Get over yourself. Firstly, get over yourself. Oh, none of them is good enough. So the woman at the heart gives a perfectly good answer. And he's like, can you read? And another says, I yeah. speak German, English and Latin. And he's like, do you speak Greek? And I was like, Anthony. How many instruments can you play? How many lounges can you yeah. speak? And also, Anthony... How much very... syphilis do you have from all those that was my. That's my next point. So he's a little syphilis. He's probably got all sorts of like STDs because he mm. is literally just having sex with everyone. I don't know what the protection situation is over there. And I just thought it's really one-sided how he's got all the control. He gets to have all the influence. No it's one can cause... give him the right answer. He is offering a title and that's precious and rare um, and that because of that he can ask for whatever he wants. Like I get it to a point when he's like mother there are some women who have literally no education they could pick up a map upside down is that really the person you want helping to run our household and raise 
our future heirs and stuff. I get it, but you're right. He's being far too pedantic. I think the idea is that it's because deep down he doesn't want to get married. Mm. Um, but yeah, all the women he's met as well, they've made them look a bit like not that great, I thought, on purpose. Yeah, like maybe they come across in a certain way. Yeah, he's, I know, I'm not loving it. And also, I want a woman to ask him a question. It's so one-sided. Yeah. All the women are so passive and he's really like, like oh apart from Kate she's the only one that challenges him and tells him how it is and I just felt like episode one was a little bit too early to introduce her almost it was just it felt a little bit too rushed um and so I would love someone to turn around and say and how many women have you slept with yeah do your crabs keep your keep your other STDs company like Uh, it really annoys me and 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 it made me eye roll how double standardy this world is and it annoyed yeah. me. And I think the mum, Mama Bridgerton is really good when she says, Anthony, your expectations are too high. You won't ever find anyone. And he just walks off. And I think, yeah, like hers are probably way too low. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think his are way too high. Um, and I did think, you know what? Yeah. Why do you deserve someone perfect? You, yeah, get over yourself. I, I don't know anyone that would kind of think they deserve this absolute perfect specimen of a woman. Like, what can he offer exactly. apart from a title and money? And also, what does it matter if a woman picks up the map the wrong way round? Unless you are literally living across m- multiple continents, why would you even need to read a map? Um, he's looking for the wrong things. He's looking for what he thinks. I do think so. Like, and you do need an intelligent woman to run the household. Like, those are skills that you would need mm-hmm. um you know look after like if he dies and she becomes a widow like mama bridgington she's gonna have to run that bring up the family and run run everything and make make decisions so i do get it to an extent but you're right what he's asking for is just ridiculous. yeah so i was major eye rolling through some of those episodes i did like it when the mum was like you will be alone that your standards are mm. too high but then, was it Serena, his love interest in season one? Is that her name? No, Sienna. Sienna. Um, I don't think she could do, well, I guess it's the thing, isn't it? She couldn't do some of the things he's looking for in a woman. But he would have married her if he could. But I guess he yeah. didn't. I guess he didn't because he knew that she wasn't good enough for the title that he needed. He pussied out, basically. He wasn't yeah. willing to sacrifice certain things to have her as his wife. And part of me, and this is controversial... This is, are you ready for it? Go for it. This isn't going to be, this isn't going to be a popular attitude. But part of me feels like maybe he shouldn't find anyone. Maybe he should actually learn that Sienna was the love of his life. And actually the most important thing is for him to be happy with a woman that he loves and give up his title. I mean, that's just me being like overly romantic, isn't it? Yeah, that probably would have been the happy ending. I mean, he's got other brothers that can step in. It's not like he's the only heir. Yeah. But like, like he just wasn't willing to give it up for her, which I think not that cool. Yeah. Um, something that bothered me pretty much right at the start, and I just didn't think it made any sense. They make out that Eloise is like super, super nervous, anxiety about presenting herself to the Queen. And I was like, you've had multiple conversations with the Queen. You have sat next to her and discussed your theories on Lady Whistledown. You've approached her many, many times. Why are they acting like Eloise is terrified of the Queen and super anxious about meeting her? I was like, I get that she's coming out and that's nerve wracking, but she knows the Queen really well. I thought that was kind of lame. I don't think she's anxious about meeting the Queen. When she met the Queen, it was on an intellectual level. That's where she felt most comfortable. They had a shared interest, a shared goal. I don't Mm. think it was meeting the Queen that made her anxious. It's about being out of her comfort zone, being shoved in clothes, made to look a way she doesn't like to look being forced out into the dating scene she doesn't want to be in, walking down a room, an aisle, with all these men looking at her like she belongs, like she's in a cattle market. It's that that situation that doesn't feel like she belongs. That's what was making her anxious. It's like performance mm, okay. anxiety. That was my I take just thought on they, it. I just thought they made it look very much like meeting the Queen and like she's walking up to the Queen and she's like staring at her and she's really nervous and she's about to curtsy and when the queen is like oh no I've got to go she's really relieved and I was a bit like I get it if she was more nervous about other people looking at her or men looking at her but I think the way they set it up I was just like it felt like she was yeah more nervous for the queen but 
So I want to know now what the listeners thought, because that was not my take at all. My my take okay. was that she hates the idea of being dressed up like a doll, made to do something she doesn't want to do. She she doesn't want to be yeah. presented. Um, she's so uncomfortable in her dress. And the whole situation to her is just a total farce. She doesn't get it. It's like mm. she's she just doesn't get it. And the idea of having to walk down that aisle with people judging and looking at her. And it's just not her scene. Um, and then I think okay. she was relieved that the Queen had left because it meant that everything could come to an end and she wouldn't have to walk down and present herself. Yeah, fair enough. But, but um, both are valid, aren't they? It'll be interesting to see what the... Um, what the, the vibe is from other people yeah something else that bothered me in series one it still bothers me in season two if you took a shot of tequila every time someone said indeed 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 oh my god you would be wasted because they overuse mm-hmm. that word so often I know people said it back then but it's like it's like the same in series one when people kept saying your grace your grace your grace all the time and it really sat to great on me mm. and um I've just noticed it's something they do with indeed and there must I think we have to be problem solvers not problem finders so let's help the tv show get better for season three because they're obviously all listening to this podcast because okay. they love it so what other language would you use Mm, that's hard like what's another word for indeed what does indeed really mean of course rightly so yeah rightly rightly so so. rightly so is nice or rather Hmm, yes rather rather rather, yeah that would work um Uh, yeah maybe that can be our project for episode two think of other words for indeed I'm trying to go through the catalogue for those like BBC adaptations of Jane Austen think what they we'll make a word cloud for them yeah we'll email it to them do you have any more eye rolls because that was all mine I I'm sorry I know that you are loving this but the whole wild independent woman racing through the dawn on a dark horse hair flung over I was getting really getting like this this vibe of like wild woman and I was like yeah Anthony he chases after her who does that he's just had a shag he's tired he's gonna want to go to sleep he's chasing this woman and then she's all loving it. And then I just felt like, oh, God, this is way too soon for this to be happening. I, yeah. I, what was her agenda? What, she just happened to be, like, horsing it past his house? I mean... Yeah, and why was it when she was, like, I'm returning to Mayfair, wherever she said, and he was like, it's in the wrong direction. I was like, what's that about? I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, and is he trying to... Sh- I don't get it. Like, where, why was she out anyway? Is that something we find out later on? maybe I think it's just supposed to be that she just loves her freedom um yeah it's a cliche basically I think there were way other ways in which they could have done that and it felt almost cringy the way that she was literally just plonked into his life like that I don't think Mm. I think they could have waited I think there could have been another way a more subtle way I don't know what that way looks like but it just felt forced and out of story and and Anthony was really um what's the word turned on Uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah but like a bit um over familiar and over cocky he was really cocky with her and smarmy and I was like mm, it's almost like he was too eager to really fancy her and I wanted her to be a little bit more reserved and I wanted him to have to to melt to, to take a while to melt rather than be like bam she's awesome I think you're right I wanted that slow burn yeah and I just think that the setup that they did that I don't know what the function was of of them doing it in that way why couldn't he have seen someone riding and their hair behind them? Why couldn't he have watched that and been like, what's going on there? And we not know as the audience who that was. What would have been so wrong with that? Maybe she drops a yeah. ribbon on the floor and then she wears a similar ribbon at the ball. Like oh, Cinderella nice. Style. Love like, it. where's the subtlety? Por Dios. <laughs> yeah, I don't think British is sub- subtle at all. Maybe that's why we love it, though. Maybe if we designed it the yeah. way we wanted, everyone would be like tapping out and be like, that ah, was boring. Yeah, true. Um, um, so that may be cringe. Um, oh, just one. I'm sorry. Okay, I really admired at the start how Kate was like, "I'm not here for my husband. I'm here for my sister. I'm pimping my sister out. Her happiness is what's important. I'm going to give her the prettiest dress." Blah blah blah. I was like, you know what? I like this. Girls stick together. Girls are for boys, whatever you want to call it. And then she's watching her sister dance, and literally two seconds later, she's like, "Oh, there's Anthony." Walks away from her sister who has just arrived in this country, it's all very strange and overwhelming for her because they have arrived from abroad, haven't they? Mm-hmm. 
yeah I think that's what we're told isn't it so like this is all very unfamiliar for her so she goes away watches Anthony totally absorbed by him and I was like wow then you go outside with three other guys there what happened to being with your sister like again it felt too quick like she's already more interested in auntie than her sister's future I just I feel like it's setting it up for a love triangle that I'm going to be very uncomfortable with I I'm really worried that the sister Edwina is going to fall in love with Anthony and it's going to be I mean it's going to be kind of gross if that happens that they're courting and then he picks the other sister like I think anybody that has a sister finds that really quite not cool and a little bit disturbing so if that is going to be the storyline I'm not going to be very impressed with that I'm going to feel really sick and gross and probably going to want to be sick in my mouth because like the idea of a guy fancying you that I like is such a turn off it just doesn't do it for me at all because it's just gross and also like (laughs) no offense but like her sister was like so much younger than her I'm like oh he's a pervert for fancying my little yeah, sister I'm probably, I, think I probably sound really, really judgmental it's, it's really, really but that's because we're sisters and we get that and I don't know whether maybe the writers or whatever don't yeah don't get it but it's really disturbing how many times and it would it's gonna put strain on their on their on their friend on their friendship and I think that's and I don't want a guy to get in between these two characters I really like that Kate is all like I'm not interested in guys. My sister's future is what counts. I don't want them to ruin that. What would be more interesting if Kate genuinely really doesn't like Anthony and she tries to protect her sister and Mm, doesn't fall in love with Anthony herself. I might have a bit more respect for Kate. I really don't want Kate and Anthony now to become a love interest. I want them to rise above that cliche. Mm, I feel yeah. like Kate I feel like Kate's entrance into Anthony's life is as subtle as her doing a massive shit on his front doorstep <laughs> I really really didn't like how vulgar and it was just too much and then he was over eager yeah. it was like no no this is too forced back off yeah no sorry right. that was really yeah, we love the imagery. slow burn and I think because we're into like Jane Austen ad- adaptations and stuff, it is the very slow burn and all the little subtle things like the, and the eye contact and everything. And The Duke and Daphne, that was lovely. But, you know, if they had done that same routine, would we be sitting here going, yeah, we like the slow burn, but they kind of did that last time in season one. Mm. So I feel like they can't win with us, you know? Yeah, I suppose so. We love to tear stuff apart. Um my only and my last eye roll, and I swear, I swear this is my last one. I used to work in television as, you know, like a continuity, you know, you look at continuity, art directing, blah, blah, blah. And I just don't understand why the art directors or the prop people, you don't just put like a little bit of water in the cup, just, you know, colour it, even a bit <laughs> of cold tea, because it totally changes the way that people lift the cup up to their mouth. Like, I, I can't be the only person that used to do that when I worked on set, like, and I just feel like I'm the totally like I'm not showing off like they weren't big films they weren't nothing like they weren't anything major. You also had to sleep with a lot of people to get. I had to sleep with like you. a lot of people. It was really yeah, intense. It, it was not based on talent at mm. all. It was purely yeah. who you know. Um, <laughs> no, but watching Anthony drink the tea and just like swishing it around, and I was like, "There's nothing in that cup." Even putting just a syringe full of water in there would just make it look more realistic and more authentic. Mm. I'm just, please, I'm begging you, just put something in there. Yeah, maybe because their costumes are just so... Yeah, maybe it's to do with the costumes. They're worried about getting them Anything. Wet. I don't know. Even, like, not even a half, not even a quarter, not even an eighth, just one sixteenth, so that even just the way... Do you know yeah, what I mean? you can really tell. Guys, you can tell, and you know we can yeah. tell. Don't cut corners, you're doing a great job. Don't cut corners. Yeah. <laughs> cool do you have any more eye rolls or do you want to go on to quotes and I've questions? got no quotes because it was in Spanish and I understood pretty much nothing uh I just saw a couple of cute things where I really quite like um Philippa I think she's cute and mm. she comes out with some cute things and she says why are we always eating potatoes <laughs> and I just Aww. thought random and cute love it because they're obviously poor now Mm. Um, I also thought it was kind of cute when Auntie wanted to flirt with Kate in the garden and she said "Um, you're nothing more than a pleasing smile and he just picked up on that straight away and he said so you find my smile pleasing and I was like "Ooh, cute and he had a little smile on his face obviously it didn't work it fell flat but Mm. I was like he's trying to flirt with her and I like it I like that I like that a lot the other cute thing, and if you're American, you might not get this, but um, condescending. Featheringtons in during the potato scene, 
um, they say maybe we'll have to be sent away to Cornwall and like they're like really scared that it could be Cornwall and just to explain that's like a really southwesterly um, county and it's just very like countryside and it's beautiful but to them that's like the opposite of kind of higher end of society like in London which I thought was kind of cute and funny again. I think Cornwall is associated in the books at least in um not what's that one with Jane um who's that actress who was in Titanic Kate Winslet that film that Kate Winslet was in that Jane Austen adaptation what's that sense of sensibility they give to Devon which is like the next county yeah okay so I think Cornwall has this sense in those times of like the back end of nowhere where you're not really going to progress like nobody who's anybody lives in Cornwall would you say that's fair Chris um Yes, I would. I've done something weird with my with my phone. Uh, oh, that's better. I think it's come back. Lovely. Um, yeah, yeah, that is fair. It's okay. like yeah, the, the furthest way they can think of that's like from the from the ton from yeah. where they want to be. Yeah, that was all my quotes. Okay. Um, I had a couple of facts about the filming locations for episode one so far. Um, so Lady Danbury's house is set in the Holborn Museum in Bath if you want to visit it yeah it looked good it looked amazing um, you know that beautiful that big ball that takes place in that ga- glass building do you know what that's called no so that's called Scion Park Conservatory I might be saying Scion wrong um, in London and also the Queen's pla- the, the Queen's Palace, you know, where she's sitting and she does all that queenly stuff. That's in Lancaster House, as far as I'm aware. So if anyone wants a little nosy around, you've got a couple of places to check out there. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I read a cool article and it said that when they were filming that scene, um, because our real queen uses that room, it's one of her state rooms, mm-hmm. uh, the one with the big painting in the background, the real queen had to use it for an event. So when they were filming that scene, they had to finish it within really set time constraints so mm-hmm. the queen could use it. And I thought that was really cute. I thought that was adorable. Um, yeah, that is true. Um, I tried to Google how much prostitute cost in Regency times because I'm really concerned that Anthony's shortchanging or spending all his money on prostitutes oh, and I can't find God. what like the average cost of a prostitute is do you know from your oh, prostitute times in Regency <laughs> I don't know why I used to charge a shilling so I don't know what that is in 2022 money in my head it's a couple of shillings I just it's a lot of money that he's shelling out on sex I'm just thinking oh like I don't know because it's coins it's just he just throws the coins down like they're a bit a bit meaningless a bit you know, he's not placing a few notes there, so no, he's not tipping. Maybe I think you should tip. He just seems a bit cheap, doesn't he? And I just you don't shortchange mm. a prostitute. Like, come on, they be cool, man. They work hard, yeah, yeah. So not a fan. Although of that. I wouldn't charge Anthony. I'm just just putting that out there. No, he'd get it for free. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, he'd also get lots of other things for free, wouldn't he? Like <laughs> unpleasant things. Um, <laughs> What did you think of the opening credits with the tree and the wood? And I swear the music was slower and more sombre. Uh, I skipped it. And as I was skipping it, I was like, I bet she's going to ask you about the intro. Oh, well, skip. So I don't know. Well, serves you right for skipping, because I am. It was really cool. Don't skip next time and let me know what you think. Okay. I liked it. It was really creative and interesting. I thought it was very clever. Um, I said, why did, I didn't know her name at the time, so I said, why did the horse lady, who we now know is called Kate, why did she bother showing her face at all? What, what do you mean, sorry? Oh, sorry, when she was on the horse, and she runs away from Anthony, and then she escapes him, and then she flings back her hood and exposes her Oh, face. yeah, and I, I think like, because otherwise, the rest of the scene could not progress, because we never knew who that mysterious rider was, and that would be the end of the story right so I think that's for us <laughs> and this is why I don't write screenplays or am mm. involved in any kind of writing um yeah that makes sense although a little bit of mystery didn't hurt anyone and also if he was later going to be walking alongside of her then he could have seen her face it just felt a little bit like I like your ribbon idea she drops the ribbon it's very distinctive then she attends the ball the next day she's wearing a ribbon in her hair and he's like hang on I know where that ribbon is gets out of its pocket even more hilarious she wears a wig she's bold 
the wig comes <laughs> off and she turns over the ball bald oh, oh my god come on people think outside the box <laughs> love it he's like it's basically it <laughs> it's basically sleeping beauty with the shoe no cinderella with the shoe but instead of a shoe it's a wig and a bold woman exactly i like it um i said why does kate not want to marry and why is she okay being single respect for her for that i do think that she was hurt previously but we also find out that she was born out of wedlock which might be why she feels she can't marry do you have any thoughts on that yeah i think there's a backstory she's been burnt in love somehow because she's 26 so they're saying she's an old maid she's, yeah that'll be interesting but I don't really have a specific theory no um I said what's going on with the dressmaking and b awkwardness do you have any idea what I might have been referring to <laughs> is it because it was a bit random how uh, Madame de la Cure uh, turned up at the house with her little boxes and was is it because she could just bump into um Benedict though Yes, B is for Benedict. That's oh. it. It was awkward between them. So A, why was yeah, it important? Why was it important that she even attended? Like, why was a dressmaker needed at that point? And secondly, it was for Eloise for oh, her okay. coming out. And then I feel like my vibe from the whole stuck in the doorway, ooh la la conversation between her and Benedict was that she maybe started to fall in love with him, and then she started to withdraw a little bit. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I feel like, was there a deleted scene? Because that whole interaction added nothing apart from she very politely um, has let him go or shunned him. And he didn't seem that upset about it. And I was just a bit like, I don't understand the point of this. Is it because it, this, it gives him the chance now to explore other options in terms of other partners? Or perhaps there was hints that maybe he was going to have a gay relationship. Maybe they've opened the door for him to then do that. It would be insane not to, because he was giving such sexual vibes to that artist guy. And like lots of people picked up on it. It's not just me like imagining stuff like you picked up on it too, right? Yeah, I thought he was going to get off with the guy. And then I was really like surprised when he said with Melinda Lecour. I really hope they do develop a gay relationship between him, because I like the chemistry between him and that artist guy. Um, but that artist guy is supposed to be in love with another man. So I think that would kind of wreck that little thing. Yeah. And maybe that was supposed to like inspire Benedict to be like, follow your heart. Don't listen to society. Mm. So if he like broke them up. Mm. Okay. Good point. I want to know if he's still doing the art, nude, smoking, drinking scene. Like that sounds like the most amazing night out ever. Yeah. And also I've just realized if he's not going to go anywhere with Madame de la Cure, and I guess really their storyline is kind of fizzled out because what really can happen between them, mm. then what is the point of her character apart from showing up every now and then with a new dress? She doesn't add, like, they're going to have to get rid of her. I guess before she was like Sienna's confidant. So through their conversations, ah, we learned about Anthony. Yeah. And I guess as well, she served the purpose of like, that's where all the gossiping took place. And we found out how poor the Featheringtons were. But like moving onwards, I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be intrigued to see how she's going to fit into the story. Because you're right, she, Sienna's not an option anymore. Mm. She's not with um, Benedict. So what is her role going to be in this? Do you have any idea what that role might be? No, I really don't see how she's going to fit in. Could she be pregnant with Benedict's Ooh. love child? Oh, controversial. Yeah, mm. yeah. Or mm, Ooh, okay. I want to know, or maybe she'll get an apprentice who meets, or oh, who Benedict fancies ah. and they start a bit of a je ne or, sais Colin. Mm. or Colin maybe Colin if, starts to fancy her if Colin and Penelope get together which I think they will I've not read the book so I, I don't know I'm going to be a bit disappointed because again that's predictable AF I just think you can't keep just tying people up into happy endings no. it's just really predictable there are no such things as happy endings and I think that sooner we learn this in life the way happier we'll be because we lower our expectations and we don't live in this fantasy land where we all end up with the duke i said it i probably sound really cynical but i think a lot of people need to hear it i don't think that there should be happy endings in this series i still think anthony should die alone (laughs) and (laughs) and wanting to be with um 
it would be a mistake to pair everyone up really happily. I think you, you, I think you can have a happy yeah. ending without necessarily I, being with the one person that you love. Yeah, I think it will be disappointing if they just if they take the easy route and get Penelope and Colin together. I think I'll be disappointed about that. It's just I too so. boring, too predictable, yeah. too easy. Yeah, absolutely. And it means that Penelope doesn't grow. You know, she gets with her first crush, even though you know, I just feel like you need a bit of growth. I don't know. Yeah. And she needs to become more confident in herself and shine through and all that stuff. Um, the last thing that I wanted to say is when Anthony, when the Queen chooses um, what she called Edwina as the, the mm. pearl of the festival. The diamond. Yeah. And then um, Kate walks up and says, we need to go. And then both sisters walk away. Anthony says, I'm going to marry her. And I was like, yeah, which one? It felt ambiguous. Yeah, because for us, I think my first thing was, oh my God, is he talking about Kate? Because, you know, the girl that's not interested, he kind of likes it. Mm. But I think he was talking about, yeah, Edwina. And again, it's about his ego. He just wants the diamond because he wants the best girl. It's been, I'm just like, oh my God, you're so, you're being lame. He's being You're lazy. being really lame right now. He's being lazy. He's taking away all responsibility for his decision making and saying, Basically, I'm going to choose whoever the Queen thinks is suitable for me. Yeah, and it's about ticking his ego. I'm Bridgerton, so I get the best, like, cream of the crop. And I just think, oh, gross. Yeah, I think it's gross. Like, that entitlement. Yeah. Wow. Wow, that was intense. That was intense, Chris. We did it. Our first review of Bridgerton, season two, episode one. Indeed. Oh my god, I just said it when I wasn't even trying oh, to. That's so see, weird. That's just hypocritical, Chris, you see. It is hypocritical. Um, we haven't done a Bridget episode now for months and months and months. So it, it felt nice. I really missed it. I missed it. It felt nice. We enjoy these ones, don't we? Yeah. And and listeners, come and say hi on Facebook. Type in Bridgerton. We have to say Bridgerton girls because Facebook would not let us put the B word. Come and say hi. Please let us know if you agreed with anything we said. Let us know what you think of episode one. We want to hear your thoughts and we will discuss them in our next episode. Yeah, we'll discuss them at the end and don't be shy. Cool. Great. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you. Until next episode. Bye.